All right, appreciate you being here tonight. Let's uh, take our Bibles and let's turn to Romans chapter number 9 tonight. Right, excuse me, Romans chapter number 10. I'm going to refer back to chapter number 9 for just a little bit, and then we'll uh, take a look at chapter number 10. We've been looking at the fact that God did not fail Israel, but rather Israel failed God. And even in the midst of Israel's failure, God remained faithful and still remains faithful to Israel even to this day. Last time we shared the reasons for Israel's rejection that are shown in Romans 9 verses 30 through 33 and also in the first 13 verses of chapter number 10. Just to give you just a, a summary real quick here, they, for number one, uh, they did not see the need for salvation there in chapter 10 verse 1. They saw themselves as zealous for God in chapter number 2. They were very proud and self-righteous in verse number 3. They misunderstood their own law in verses 4 through 13. God's law was given to them to expose their sin and show them their need for a Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And God's law very clearly showed them that righteousness was not attainable by them if they had been paying attention, but they weren't. The gospel of Christ is the word of faith that they need according to verse number 8. But what saith it? Look at verse number 8, chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The gospel of Christ is that word of faith. And that gospel is right now both available and accessible by faith. And uh, we know that uh, Christ is the righteousness of God. We, we saw that in verse 3. We saw that Christ is the end of the law to those who believe in verses 4 and 5. We saw that Christ the righteous has already come and paid the price of sin. He's rose again and ascended. And you know, a lot of the Jews, they were looking, still looking for a Messiah. But the Messiah had come. And Christ's righteousness is applied by faith Verse number 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, now Paul had already proven earlier in this book uh, that there's no difference in the condemnation of the Jew or the Gentile. They're all sinners. All, all are sinners. And uh, in, in verses 12 and 13 here, he shows that there's no difference in salvation. Uh, uh, let's pick up in verse number 11. For the scripture saith, Whoso, Whosoever believeth on him that's on Christ shall not be ashamed. And, you know, you, if you believe on Christ, you're going to heaven. You don't have, to, you don't have nothing to be ashamed about. You're, you know, you're, you'll be saved. Look at verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, Jew or Gentile, okay, it doesn't matter, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So uh, under um, what the Jews were trying to do, they were trying to attain righteousness by the law, but that's, there's no way to attain it. Uh, what they needed was faith righteousness. And what's the difference between law righteousness and faith righteousness? Well, law righteousness, we know the law was given to the Jew. 
and it's only for the Jew, but faith righteousness is for whosoever will. Uh, law righteousness was based on works, but faith righteousness comes by grace through faith alone. Amen. And then uh, law righteousness, uh, uh, looking to be self-righteous. Uh, you do, do, do. You, you, uh, you do or you die. Um, and there's no way to be self-righteous. When you have faith righteousness, you depend on God's righteousness given to us, praise God, through Jesus Christ. Law righteousness cannot save but faith righteousness does bring eternal salvation to the soul. Law righteousness tries to obey the Lord. Faith righteousness calls on the Lord in obedience. Amen. In obedience and faith on what Jesus Christ did. Law righteousness leads to pride. And all you got to do is just look at the, the scribes and the Pharisees. They were very proud. They thought that they were doing such a great job, but they, did, they had missed out on it. Uh, faith's righteousness glorifies God. So we've seen the reasons for Israel's rejection. Tonight, uh, let's see first. We're, we're going to take a look at Lord willing, two things here. Uh, next thing we want to look at is what is the remedy for Israel's rejection? What is the remedy for Israel's rejection? Well, uh, we just read verses 12 and 13, and uh, there's no difference between Jew and Greek. <laughs> Same Lord is rich. Over all, unto all that call upon him, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look at verse 14 and 15 also. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing. That word hearing there means not only just listening, but it means listening with understanding. It's hearing with understanding. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is what brings about faith, in a person's life. So, um, uh, first thing I want us to see is they need to repent and believe the gospel. Amen? That's, that's what the remedy is for the Jew. It's the same as it is for the Gentiles. The Gentiles, uh, how are they going to make it to heaven? Well, it's not by the righteousness of the law. It's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Jew had to do the same thing. Repent. They had to repent of uh, trying to get there their own way, repent and turn and go God's way, which is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is but one way of salvation, period. Jesus is the way. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the way, and that's why in John 14, 6, Jesus very clearly said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, a lot of folks want to give us trouble about uh, saying there's only one way of salvation, but that's exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said there was only one way to the Father, and that was through Him. So the remedy for their rejection is their calling in faith upon the name of the Lord to be saved, according to verse number 13 that we just read there. Now, how is that accomplished? Well, it is accomplished by the preaching of the gospel and the subsequent hearing and understanding of that word of the gospel 
that brings faith in the gospel and calling on the Lord in faith. We read that in verse 14 and 15 there. Now, now this remedy was to the Jew first, but listen, it's also to the Gentiles. And, and Paul very clearly stated that in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16 when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If you remember, uh, the Roman church wanted to give uh, Paul a little bit of a hard time because he hadn't visited the church yet. And they said, well, maybe he's ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed. It's good enough to save, save the Jew and the Gentile. Uh, Jew and the Greek. So not everyone, listen, not everyone who hears the gospel will believe. But to those who do believe, God will transform their lives and give them the very righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Hold your place right here. Turn a few pages forward there to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And uh, here in verses 17 through 31, uh, the, the Apostle Paul talks about the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and what it does in a person's life. 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 17, for he says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And we can say amen to that right now. Amen. Uh, we know because we have experienced the power of the gospel in our own lives. Those of us that are saved. We, we, the, the, I know it seems foolish to, to a, a lost and dying world how that a, a, a man can, can die on a cross and uh, be treated the way that he was and be put placed in a grave and that you know the, uh, that of course they don't believe a lot of them don't believe in the resurrection but he did arise from the grave and uh, they think it's foolishness they that what we believe and why we're here tonight and what we uh, have done here all day long today a lot of them look at it as being foolishness but the preaching of the cross to them that perish is going to be foolishness but to us which are saved we know better don't we we know it's the power of God. Look at verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Let's stop there for just a minute. You know, there's a lot of smart, so-called smart people in the world. Uh, a lot of them I like to say, something, you know, some of the problem they have is they're educated far beyond their intelligence. And, you know, there's... And, uh, you know, they, they've, they've studied, but uh, they've missed out on the gospel. They missed out on the, the most wise thing that they can do. They prefer the worldly wisdom than to godly wisdom. And God says, I'm going to destroy the, the wisdom of the wise. I'm going to bring it to nothing. And he, he, he has done that with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20, uh, he says, where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. In fact, it seems, just so we'll come back there in a second, but it seems like the, the, the more somebody gets educated in the things of the world, the further away they get from God. 
Yeah, sad, sad that it's that way. Shouldn't be that way. But, but after the wisdom, of, uh, uh, for that in the wisdom of God, the, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Now, he didn't say foolish preaching, but he said the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And there, there's the key right there. He saves them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. It was, a, it was a stumbling block to the Jews because they were looking for a Messiah that was going to be a deliverer from the, the oppression of Rome. That's what they were wanting uh, in, the, in the day and time that Jesus walked the earth. They wanted him to assume the kingship. And, you know, and of course, there is a time when he's going to assume the kingship here on this earth. But uh, that's not why he came the first time. He came at, to be crucified, and the Jews stumble on that truth. And the Greeks look at it as being foolish. Verse 24, But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks... Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. We know that the, what the power of God and the wisdom of God have done for us. Amen. Because the foolishness, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty, uh, uh, to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God uh, chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, the Jews wanted to do it their way, and be able to glory that, man, I keep the law. But they couldn't because they can't keep the law. Uh, there's no glory except to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and it says uh, there in that final verse, verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And praise God tonight, that's where our glory is at, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now back back to our, our passage of Scripture there. Um, in uh, Romans chapter number 10, we see, we've seen the reasons for Israel's rejection and the remedy for Israel's rejection. Of course, the remedy being the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the remedy. And then we want to look at what are the results of Israel's rejection. And, that, and that's found in verses 18 through 21. Let's go ahead and read the verses and we'll come back and look uh, a little bit closer at this. Look at verse number 18 says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went uh, unto all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I, I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not, talking about the Gentiles, said, I was made manifest unto them that asketh not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying 
people. And you know, in our studies in the in the uh, Old Testament that we have been, we've been in several years now. I, I didn't look back to see how many years, but of course we went through the the the, uh, the books of Samuel and Kings to begin with, and then we've been in the book of Joshua. Went been went through the book of Joshua, and now we're uh, going through the book of Judges. And all through there, we've seen that truth: how that the 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 Lord stretched forth His hands to His people, and He was wanting them to obey, and they would refuse to obey, and it didn't go well for them when they didn't obey. Listen, it doesn't go well. When we disobey the Lord, does it? It, it just really doesn't. But the, 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 the unbelieving of Israel are guilty. They're guilty before God. That's what verse 18 is talking about there. When it says, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their, their sound went unto the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. They, they, yeah, they did hear. Israel heard with her ears, but she would not heed with her heart. Uh, even Jesus... And when he walked the earth, said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And then after he arose, and uh, the, the Apostle John saw him in the book of Revelation, uh, to, when he spoke to the churches, he said the same thing to each church. Let, uh, let, uh, he that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. And uh, folks need to hear the Word of God. Because the Word of God... Especially the gospel, of the, when you read the word of God, it's all about Jesus Christ and his gospel. And when that gospel is preached, it is the power of God and the salvation. And he that has ears to hear needs to hear uh, the message of salvation. So the unbelieving of Israel are guilty. And being they rejected it, the message went to the Gentiles. And that's what we see there in verse 19 and 20. When Israel rejected her Messiah, God sent the gospel to the Gentiles that they might be saved. Praise God. Aren't you glad? I'm glad tonight because I are one. Uh, one, one reason uh, why God sent the gospel to the Gentiles was that they might provoke the Jews to jealousy. In fact, you'll, we'll see that when we get to chapter number 11. Look at chapter number 11, verse number 11. So I say then, have they stumbled, talking about the Jews, that they should fall? You know, does that mean that, that Israel's out of the game totally? God forbid. <laughs> but rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. And so, um, there what we read in verse 19 a while ago, uh, he quoted Moses there. Verse 19 is saying that Moses prophesied that this was would happen. That the verse uh, that he's referring to there is Deuteronomy 32:21. In fact, if you got a center reference or a reference Bible, you'll see that verse it references you to Deuteronomy 32:21. And then in verse 20, Quotes from Isaiah 65.1 showing that Isaiah also prophesied the salvation of the Gentiles. And uh, you, if you got a center reference, that center reference will, will, will show you that you need to go there. Uh, you know, that's the way we study scriptures by comparing scripture with scripture. That's the best way to, to study scripture. And uh, scripture is the best interpretation of Itself, We know that the gospel was to the Jews first. Jesus began his ministry with the Jews. I want you to think about that. 
Jesus began his ministry with the Jews. He, for, he actually forbade his disciples to preach to the Gentiles or the Samaritans when he actually sent them to preach that first time in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 10. Let's listen to Matthew 10, verse 5. Uh, through seven, he said, the, the, "These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand." And he continues on giving us some instructions there, but he, he was he in the in the initial preaching was to the Jews, and then after his resurrection, we know that the apostles went first to the Jews and get to, gathered uh, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Look at uh, Acts chapter number two. In fact, we're going to be in the book of Acts here just a little bit. Uh, uh, so go ahead and flip on over there. We're going to take a look at a few things here as we look at this. But uh, even after Christ's resurrection, the apostles went to the Jews first uh, that were gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Remember that when the Holy Ghost came upon them there in that room where they were at, when they were in one accord in one place, according to Acts 2 and verse number 1, they were there assembled uh, because that's what the Lord told them to do. And uh, we, we know that uh, there in verse number 5, when they were filled with, with the Holy Ghost in verse number 4, and they began to speak uh, with other tongues, there it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at verse 5. It says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, why were they there? They were there for Pentecost. That's what they were there for. Okay, and they, Now, they didn't have any idea that uh, this group of believers was going to be preaching the gospel to them. They didn't have that idea at all. But look at verse number 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. What confounded them? Well, next phrase. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And, and they were. <laughs> they were Galileans that had, had uh, uh, when Jesus, uh, uh, that's when he spent most of his time in Galilee. That's where he calls the disciples from. But it says there in verse 8, How hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. Well, who were they preaching to? the Jews and the proselytes, yeah. You, those that were in Judaism. That's who they were preaching to. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Well, what it means is, hey, you need to repent and believe the gospel. Because that's what he was preaching to them there uh, in uh, Acts chapter 2. And then, uh, of course, we know the first seven chapters of Acts are to the Jews only including uh, 
Gentiles who were Jewish proselytes, okay? When we're talking about those that were in Judaism, that's who, who the, the gospel first went to. But when the leaders of the nation stoned Stephen and uh, persecution broke loose, God extended the gospel to the Samaritans next. Look at Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8. This is right after uh, the very end of, of chapter number 7. Stephen is stoned. And verse number, uh, chapter number 8, verse number 1, Saul was consenting unto his death, talking about Stephen's death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions, get this, the regions of Judea and Samaria. So it busted out of Jerusalem, where they were, and went into Judea and Samaria, except the apostles stayed there in Jerusalem. And, and it says there, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation for him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women and committing them to prison. Therefore, notice, therefore they, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Um, and it's, uh, it says down in verse number 12, when they believed Philip's preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God the name and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So these, these uh, Samaritans, which were basically half-breeds, they were a mixed breed of, of Jews and Gentiles, uh, they were looked down by the Jews, the gospel went to them next. But uh, we know that uh, it also went to the Gentiles in chapter number 10. Remember the vision that uh, Peter saw, and uh, of course the Lord took him right there to Cornelius and the, those that were part of Cornelius's band. No, he didn't play in a band. He was a, he was a centurion. Uh, and, uh, but he... Uh, uh, he heard the gospel and uh, as a Gentile in Acts chapter number 10, he received uh, the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ and was saved. And uh, the Jewish believers were shocked when Peter went to the Gentiles. Look at Acts chapter number 11. He's coming back and reporting what, uh, what happened, what transpired, and he's given a defense of, of his preaching to the Gentiles. Acts 11, look at verse number 1, and, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Wait, what? I thought this was to the Jews. Well, it was not just the Jews. The Lord opened it up to the Gentiles. Verse 2, And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision, that's the really devout Jews, contented with him saying, Thou wentest in uh, to men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, <laughs> and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel to sin, as it had been a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Now, the amazing thing to me is, he, rem he remembered that vision real, real clear. I don't, how many of you with me? When you dream something, it's gone. 
before you can even blink, right? I mean, you 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 get up and uh, I mean it's. But he remembered this because it wasn't just a dream; it was a vision the Lord gave to them. Look at verse six. Upon the which, when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts on the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, call that call thou not common. Uh, and this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. Now, if some, God does something one time, you better pay attention. If he does it three times, buddy, you better really pay attention, right? And, and uh, verse 11, And immediately, uh, behold, immediately there were three men already come to the house where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. And uh, the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. He didn't have any doubt about the fact that he was supposed to go with these fellows. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and when we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee uh, words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us in the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Uh, for as much then as God hath, uh, God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Good question, amen. Verse 18, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then God hath to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And he did, amen. And that's, that's the beginning there of, of, of the Jews. And so the Jewish believers were, uh, we know, were shocked when Peter went to the Gentiles. They, they were shocked beyond belief that he would do such a thing, but it was of God very clearly. Now, so we've seen what the results, uh, we're answering the question here, what are the results of Israel's rejection? And we said the the unbelieving of Israel are guilty, and the message went to the Gentiles then. And here's the third and final thing, and that's this. Back in verse 21 of of what we saw in our text there, we see that uh, the Lord still yearns for his people. He does. Uh, he, he still yearns for the Jews. He didn't change his love for the Jews. God's grace to the Jews did not change his... Uh, God's grace to the Gentiles did not change his love for the, the Jews. Look at, again at verse 21, the last verse, chapter number 10. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. He, he, and he still got those hands stretched. One place, one more place. I have you turn now. This quotation here came from Isaiah sixty-five two. Okay, but what I want you to at is Matthew twenty-three. Let's let's see the Savior in Matthew twenty-three, and uh, we'll be done. Okay, Matthew twenty-three, and we see uh, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself uh, in verse number thirty-seven. 
um, expressing this, uh, uh, how uh, he longed for the Gentile, I mean for the Jews, he longed for the Jews to be saved. Verse 37, Matthew 23, 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. He said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Listen, um, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise of, of uh, uh, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that still is the case, even with his people in Second Peter 3 9. But while Israel as a nation has been set aside, understand that individual Jewish people can be saved and are still being saved. Amen. There's still a remnant, still a believing remnant even today of, gen, of Jewish believers, uh, even though God is dealing mainly with Gentiles during this time. God stretches out his hands to his people through his preachers, through his missionaries, and others who are saved who carry the gospel to the Jews. And so now we, we've seen the reasons for Israel's rejection is the same reason that the Lord rejects anyone. And that's refusal to believe. And uh, you know we know that the remedy for Israel's rejection is the same as it is for anybody's. And that is repent and believe the gospel. And God still yearns over unbelievers no matter whether they're Jews or Gentiles. Amen. God still yearns for them. All right, well, that's, that's the message for this evening. And then we're, we're going to pick up. We still have one more chapter dealing specifically with this matter. And we're going to be taking a look uh, next week, Lord willing, at Israel's future restoration. Uh, God's going to begin dealing with the Jews once again. And uh, Romans chapter 11 talks about that. And, uh, let me just leave with you one verse, and that's verse 1 of Romans 11. It says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Is God done with, with Israel? And he said, God forbid. Now, I don't understand how that uh, Reformed theology can think that uh, the Lord is done with Israel and the church is taking Israel's place. That it, you will not find that. Uh, and Paul did not preach that. He said, God forbid, I, I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham and of the tribe of Benjamin. <laughs> God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. You know, God's still, God's still going to 